When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Today, I'm in here with a legendary producer, talented guy, smart guy, Chop Squad DJ. How you feeling, man? Yo, yo, what you on, man? How you doing, bro? You doing good? great, man. I met you years ago uh, yeah. when, I think, didn't we meet for the first time when Trippy and Tato did that song together? Yeah. Shorty Know I Kill People. Yeah. Real people. Yeah. And, and I seen you again, I think, at the Lakeith concert you did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I ain't seen you since then, for real. Yeah. I think we've been moving around. I be texting, like... You know, like a little what up, bro, and all this shit like yeah, that, yeah. but not no real like building shit. Well, you've been going through some shit. Hell yeah, fool. You know, that's how I, how I be, you know, growing up. That's how I be. I'm in my mid-20s. It be like that. Mm. I'm starting to I'm starting to learn. Ain't nothing permanent, but. Wait, how old are you right now? I'm 26, you feel me? 26, yeah. goddamn. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you accomplished a lot in that time period. Yeah, for real. It's like I've been in, I've been in the game since I was, I've been in this game since I was, uh, since I was 19. 19. Because I've been inside 18 when I was a ghost producer for Young Child. But when you were 18, you went to college in Chicago, and that's yeah. where your career got started? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people probably think you're from Chicago, right? Everybody, fool. Everybody. everybody. Well, not no more, but it used to be like that. Now everybody know I'm from St. Louis because I, I make sure people know I'm from St. Louis. You know what, mm. what I'm saying? But at first, that was the whole thing. Everybody was like, you from Chicago? You from Chicago? And they, like... I'm telling you, no matter how I tell people, they, I can tell you I'm from Chicago. I can tell you I'm from St. Louis, and they're still, next time I see you, it's, what's, what's up in Chicago? I'm, fool. You feel me? So, yeah. You're just so in that element. Yeah, that, it's know? like I'm, I'm around, and I really just, I really, I ain't going to say I grew up, but it's like we we turned into adults together. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and that whole process was like, it, it made us, it made us, uh, it made us grow closer together. And it was like, I, I just happened to catch everybody right when it was time to mm. take off and it would allow me to build with people. But know? so were you producing before you actually went to college in Chicago? Like what was your uh, involvement in rap and everything before that? Before that, I was making beats. But here's the thing, like I didn't know that making beats was a profession. Mm. You know what I'm saying? In my mind, in my mind, making beats was like a hobby because I didn't like, I wasn't a big fan of video games. Like, I was, but I could never get jiggy with it. So it's like, I used, making beats was my video game because I'm a real, like, musician first. You know I was thinking that to a lot of internet kids these days, making beats is just like a different video game. Exactly, and that's how <laughs> I approached it initially. And I was, in my head, I'm like, you know, like, okay, I can get good at this. And I think what made me see, what made me even learn about my program, my first thing, Shit, I'm gonna say the truth. Yeah, I think Soldier Boy in really? 2007 when mm. YouTube first came out, and he showed the making of Crank That, and I'm like, I was just using this program, people, because I'm thinking at first it's like, you know, it's more of a, like I just said, it's a playful program, the, a junior program showing you how to get to that, the next program you're gonna use. But no, it was actually he making the full songs 
going platinum and all that with the demo version of FL Studio, Fruity right. Loop. So that's what made me feel like, oh, maybe this is like a real possibility of a career choice. Right. My parents weren't going with that though. No, my, my foster <laughs> parents weren't going with that fool. Damn, really? Oh, so you have foster parents? You were adopted? Yeah, I was adopted. I was an orphan. Really? Yeah. yeah. So, so they adopted you at a certain age, or was it from yeah. birth? No, it was a certain age. I went through a lot of foster homes and children's centers, and then I ended up getting adopted at thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. Damn. So was that? I mean, I don't want to pry too much. Was that? Was that real difficult? Like. Yeah, that was, you know what I'm saying? That's what turned me into me, you know what I'm saying? It allowed me to, I ain't gonna lie, I had to grow up early, but you know what I'm saying? I was on the streets at one point, you know what I'm saying? I, I done went through so many different foster homes. I done went through a couple boys and girls homes, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that just helped me. It hardened my personality to prepare me for the real world. Wow. You know what I'm saying? But the beat making, like, where did that come from in terms of your personality? Like, was me that- Me being a musician, me being a pianist, and me being like, because like, um, I remember, man, my first time even learning, like, okay, realizing, like, this instrument make this sound and you can do this. I think I was at St. Vincent Children's Center in St. Louis, and I, uh, let me see. It was this, I was, I had, like, a tutor. Her name was Catherine Carroll, and she ended up, that's how I got out of St. Vincent. She ended up. She ended up taking me out of St. Vincent, and taking little classes and, and, and took me into foster care. Uh-huh. And that's my first way out. And I see her like a huge piano in her living room. And I seen her play the piano. And I was like, what the? I, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the piano. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that got my interest. And, you know what I'm saying? She started putting me in lessons and stuff like that. And then every foster home after that, I tried to make sure, even if I wasn't in lessons at all times, I was always growing with the piano. So about... Eventually, you know, muscle memory took effect and it was easier to play and learning theory and shit. It's all a process, but... Do you think that you were born to to be a musician? Like, the yeah. piano just made sense to you in a yeah. way that nothing had ever made sense to you yeah. before? Yeah, because it's like no matter what I did, I couldn't get away from it. Right. You know what I'm saying? No matter what I did, no matter no matter how hard I tried, it was no getting away from the, me wanting to play music. And the easily most accessible instrument was always the piano. Mm-hmm. I go to Herbert Hoover Boys and Girls Club. It's a piano in the in the in the auditorium with nobody else in there, so I can just go in there and practice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Talent shows. You know what I'm saying? And just any opportunity I'm allowed to be around a piano or music, I was taking advantage of it. When I met Herbert Hoover, growing up a little bit more, every summer I went to Herbert Hoover Boys and Girls Club in St. Louis, and, and eventually, by the time I'm 12, 13. When you get a little older, they give you a little bit more flexibility. So I'm spending all my time up there trying to play that piano in the auditorium. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Getting better. And eventually, by the time I'm 15, I'm on FL Studio 4, and I'm making beats. Right. But my original approach wasn't even like, it wasn't like I'm trying to make beats to get songs. I was making beats to see if I can recreate a song that's out. I was like remaking instrumentals of songs that's already out. Right. Like my first few songs, like, like I said, I think my first beat, I remember, like, where I felt like, ooh, this hard. I remember it was uh, Soldier Boy, Do Your Shuffle. It's a mm-hmm. super old song for Soldier Boy. Right. And I used to just be real geeked at the whole Soldier Boy thing. And it was like, this man really making beats on the same program as me. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it like. Mean, it's underrated what a huge influence he was because he showed, like, a whole generation of internet kids that, like, this is what you can do. You man. can really do this from your home. You don't need a label. You just need a video Shit camera. Shit be crazy, but I'm going to have to give him his props on that one because I honestly did not. He made me. He made me realize this shit was real. Mm. Like this ain't no. This ain't no hobby. You can make this. You can make your hobby. 
your passion into a career. Because he took it to the extent of having a huge number one song, ha- be, being huge, obviously rich. Like, you know, like we hadn't, it was kind of a new thing to see a rapper to really be process. able to do that. And you saw it from the ground you saw up. The process. Yeah. You got to see him trolling on LimeWire <laughs> and, 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 and FrostWire, uh, 50 Cent in the uh, 50 Cent whatever newest song was right. or 50 Cent in the club and it's really you <laughs> I'm like what the fuck he was trolling like that though it's like the, I think Soldier was the first troll I think yeah yeah cause I've never like that's around the time I think Rick Rowland came in Rick Rowland that old shit right. he used to get Rick Rowland yeah, yeah, I wanna yeah, give yeah. you up that shit so like when I first I think that's the first time I seen any of that and I think Soldier was the first troll but beyond trolling he was just the first person to show you that this is possible. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And that was like mind blowing for me. You know what I'm saying? Did you, as you're, you know, a young kid and stuff in your early teens and stuff, did you imagine yourself being somebody that was going to go to college, never mind leave your city nah, and go to college somewhere nah, else? I didn't even, nah. I'm thinking I'm going to end up like the rest of my, the people around me. I'm going to go to, like the people, are, like I'm from St. Louis, fool. Like where I'm from, high school not even a necessity. Mm. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people I know dropped out in 19th grade. You know what I'm saying? Like high school is in my city. Graduating high school is the equivalent of graduating college. Right. Because they ain't nobody about to make you go to college. Like ain't nobody got no money for college. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Even if you make good grades, a scholarship only gonna do so much unless you get in a full ride. You had a 4.0 all the way through high school. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I had good grades and stuff, man. I even got a scholarship. That's how I even got to Chicago. But before I went to college in Chicago, I was going every weekend, you know what I'm saying? And I was I was networking and I started meeting people that allowed me to stay around a little bit more, mm-hmm. come around a little bit more often. And then eventually I, I started being around, you know, young chop them and and we had the same mentor, this little African dude named Benjamin Funkman. You know <laughs> Wait, what I'm so saying? okay, how did you actually get to, like you were just a kid going to school in Chicago. You didn't know anybody at nah, first. Nah. How do you start being around Don Chop right, and how do you all, right, all these rappers you, and so, shit? Yeah. All right, so it started like 2011, 2012. I was about to graduate high school, and you know how like if you want to go to a school, you go to see it and stuff. What they yeah. call it uh, when you go see a school? College tour, yeah. Yeah, it's touring, but it's like a shadow or something like that. When you like somebody at the school and they like. If somebody go into their school and you sh- you following them for the day to experience a day at that school, mm, I think okay. it's called shadowing or something right, yeah, like that. Yeah. And I went there and I started learning like, okay, it's different than here where I'm from. So it's like, oh, okay. They, but I only at first got to see the good part of Chicago. I was all downtown and stuff. But then it was uh it was people in my city doing music. They was like, it's this dude in Chicago. They know he was he was. It's like you gotta think about it. These not any people are superstars yet or, or famous or popular. It was just about people doing something. Mm-hmm. So I'm in there with uh I'm in there with Young Chop, and I end up meeting. We're really Benjamin Funkman, the African man I was talking about. Mm-hmm. He put us together. He I'm talking about this man went out his way to pick me up from the uh I was taking the bus rides, mega buses, you know what I'm saying? Fifty dollar mm-hmm. mega bus to to Chicago every weekend, spending whatever money I had just to be around there, sleeping on floors, you know what I'm saying, grandma basements, all that. So I'm meeting people, they trusted me. I'm a kid, you know, I, I look a lot different than I do than I did, in, you know what I'm saying, back then. Mm-hmm. Back then I was like super like, I don't know. I didn't it's like I didn't I was really socially awkward, but I looked real I didn't look threatening mm. you know what I'm saying and I think me being 
the the personality I got mixed with how I was looking back then, like I was real dusty as hell. Like you just know I was not a threat, mm. and that's allowed that allowed me to get closer to people and build with them. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, it went from Benjamin Funkman, we working with him, to all of a sudden he like I got another producer. His his he's gonna be the hottest producer in the world. He's taking over Chicago. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, whatever, man. And but I, was Young Chubb, Chubb, like, was this when Chief Keef was already fully nah, out? Or this nah, is the, this, nah. You didn't even know who Chief Keef was yet? Nah, certain parts of the city didn't even know who Chief Keef was. But wow. the South Side, he was, whoo. Right. You know what I'm saying? He was starting to, he was starting to, it was almost like, I think he ain't he wasn't even doing shows nothing yet, but it was like people knew about his song. You right. know what I'm saying? He, had he was a few like songs a legend, like a mystery for a while before people really like got yeah, used to seeing for him. Because sure. you would you would hear the song, see the videos, but it was like you would just hear see, stories about him. And see, shit. even before then, it wasn't no stories and nothing. It was just the songs, and the songs were getting traction from the radio mm. and just getting played at nighttime and stuff. And he was like, okay, but it wasn't like. It's nowhere near like I don't like and all that stuff yet. Mm. We still before all that. He working with DJ Ken, right. the um, the Asian producer. He working with different people that's helping establish him as a as an artist. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's like me and Benjamin Funkman walked me right in there with with Young Chop, and really he put me as Young Chop brother Johnny May Cash mm. that really was like because like you know it's gonna you you it's like you gotta be connected to get plugged in. Somebody got to trust you. Somebody got to, uh, even to get in that door, you have to have, I'm not going to say a likable personality, but you have to be relatable. And, and, and like I just said, the non-threatening approach and image that I kind of gave off, it made me like that. You know what I'm saying? It made me a lot more approachable to people. Because mm. I, didn't, I didn't, I'm not, you got to think about it. I take my head down, take my little glasses off, fool. I'm looking like a threat in this bitch. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? I'm just a regular nigga with some dreads. You know what I'm saying? So right. people don't, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's a lot. It's off-putting to the average person. But where I was back then, we all had these little bitty dreads. Everybody had the same hairstyle. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, it was an easier way to approach people because I was, like I just said, I was like a non-threatening person in the same environment everybody else in. Right. And I worked my way up through networking. So we went from Johnny May Cash putting me, we had, we all in there together with Young Chop, his mom. They all got this house. I'm going there every, every time I come to Chicago, I'm going to their house, going to their house, working with them, working with them. And... You know what I'm saying? Eventually, on O Block. No, nah, this this is on this is on the South Side. This is on I can't I don't want to tell you the street because like the house is still being used and stuff. Uh-huh. But it's in the, it's on the South Side, so okay. I'm gonna say. And it's it's in the uh, it was uh I'm I'm just gonna say like 89th. That's all I'm gonna say. It's, well, you know what I'm saying? It's I, right I, it's yeah. right in the South Side though, right I, where you would think everything going down there. Right, but so you're like a, a kid who you know is is kind of naive to a lot of this stuff like exactly. does, does it occur to you right away because like all these guys even at that time they're everybody gang banging, got guns they got, everybody yeah. yeah yeah i'm used to that though okay you know what i'm saying i'm from the hood so i'm used to everybody having pose i'm used to everybody smoking i'm used to all a lot of drug selling and drug dealing i'm used to a whole bunch of drops going down drills going down at any point everybody being on go that's a normal part of life i done been in so many situations where the realest shit happening in front of me i'm just sitting there like you know what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. just regular life. Like I got stories where it's like I, it's certain stories I don't ever forget. Like one time I'm in Chicago. It's the day before I go back to St. Louis, and uh, I'm with I'm, with, I'm this time Young Chop is like so he's he big now. We fast forward like nine months now. Fast forward nine months from when I met him and stuff. He in Paris with Kanye. Mm. I'm still in Chicago though, working with all the people around him. One of his homies named King Real. We in there. Shout out my boy King Real too. Shout out the whole ATMG. You feel me? So um. We in there with King Real. His uh, it's a real is 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 his his sister get back from school talking about she just got jumped. 
Now I'm this is when I realized like, okay, Chicago moved just like St. Louis. It was almost like I was it was so this was so normal to me and, and and you would think it should be like a foreign situation. It was so normal. I was like, oh snap. This is really like my crib. Cause his sister got back from home. She told me she just got jumped. And, you know, I'm I'm expecting King Rudd to be like, oh, we about to get on their ass. Ooh, bro, the whole house was like that. His mama was like that. His mama was like, we going to get their ass. Right. And I'm I we going to it was like a family drill or something. It was like everybody hopped in the car, the mama, the sister, the brother, King Rail, me. I'm like, where the fuck are we going? They like we about to go slide on them. Family drills. Man, good. what like they went out. I seen I get, we all got out the car. I'm like, I'm not about to be hitting on these little kids, boy. The mama even beating their ass. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, it was real. But you know so you sound like you kind of always knew that you didn't want to go full gangster with it. That nah. You always stayed at a distance from it, right? Yeah, I tried like you get pulled in automatically, but it's like, I ain't going to tell on myself, but, you know, you just get pulled in. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, like I like I was saying before we was, like, start the interview, I try to, like, I own two sides, fool. Mm-hmm. I got, like, my, yeah, we got, like, my whole family game bangers, you know what I'm saying? Everybody I'm around game bangers, it's like, but the minute you choose sides, you pull yourself in it. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Even if my whole family's something and I'm that, that don't mean you got to, like, I don't know. I don't cause tension, fool. I understand that we all got different backgrounds. We all from different places. So I don't cause tension by trying to bring in my personal situation into this situation. You know mm. what I'm saying? If you don't have to. Exactly. Why would you, you? Exactly. So why would I be like, oh, y'all, this and that, nigga, I'm this. What you, what you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I don't got to get on that type of time because it's like, that ain't my intentions of being here. You know what I'm saying? But so in these early days when you're starting to link with Young Chop and you're actually, I'm just impressed by the initiative that you had to actually like, and especially as an orphan and coming from such a tough background that you were so focused that you were like, you realized how important it was to be around all these guys. Were you motivated by money? Did you want to be famous? Did you want security? Were you trying to really make something of yourself? I had one goal, fool. What was that? Get my music out. Really, that was the yeah. number one concern. My my number one goal was to hear my music somewhere else besides my computer. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To be to go in a car one day and be like, "Oh, that's my beat." I didn't even think about the clout that come with it, the fame, the the money, none of that. Like mm. I'm so used to being poor, we all used to eating off each other. Right. You know what I'm saying? Somebody got twenty dollars, we breaking that bitch down. We all getting right. You know what I'm saying? Somebody got ten dollars, we going to we going to the store and we breaking it down. Like I'm used to that mentality and that hive mind. Right. But it was around I don't know twenty. I didn't I didn't become an individual until like 2015, 2016. An individual. Yeah. Because I mean, like, like really I said, understanding who you were, or just being, being willing to be yourself. Yeah. Because mm. I, I was I was cool with being in the background. You know what I'm saying? I was I was a ghost producer for Young Chop, and that that was cool for me because I get like I just said, my initial goal was actually happening. Right. Where my music is out, but then in the back of my head, I'm like, damn, well the music out, but it's like. Nobody know I made this shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, what was that conversation like? Like, Young Chop was just so busy at this point that it's like he can get beats placed pretty easily. So he's so like, I you put this line. work in. Exactly. And then, exactly. But are you just getting, like, a flat fee? Or you're not even getting points on the records and shit like that? Fool, I wasn't getting nothing, fool. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? I ain't even knowing this business like that to be made. Mm. I'm like, my music out. Cool. Next song. Right. And then, you know what I'm saying? It's just the the... the, the Quality of life, watching his quality of life improve, and I'm still in my mama's basement. 
None of that bothered me. You're not was, saying to him at a certain point, like, hey, I need no, to eat something. None like of that, because right? I wasn't thinking about that. It was his manager that kind of put me on game, like, boy, you supposed to get paid for this. I got a check for you. I'm about to fly you out to L.A. My first time coming out here. Right. I'm about to fly you out to L.A. You, we got we got 5000 for you. I'm 5000 Boy, I'm rich as hell. <laughs> I'm 5000 right. Oh, I done made it. You know what I'm saying? So it was just that s- slow revelation of, like, okay, there is compensation for your work. Mm. And I wasn't worried about none of that. I was worried about keeping. I'm, like, really, me and Young Chop, like this, bro. Like, I'm talking about we eating every meal together. I'm around uh, his mama, damn near my mama. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, she, she, she. Love, licking her finger and wiping smudges off my face like I'm her son. You know what I'm saying? It was like, it was a real family bond that I appreciate for life. You know what I'm saying? Like, no one had to do that. You know what I'm saying? They always made way for me. I ain't had no money out there. Like I just told you, I'm catching $50 mega buses to Chicago every weekend right. and staying until I got to go back to St. Louis because hey, I'm, I'm like, you got to think about it, fool. Nobody is obligated to do nothing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So to even allow me to be in a situation where they want me to be around was a blessing for me. Because right. like I said, I'm an orphan fool. I'm used to just getting shunned and being the person in the background where nobody care about. Right. Even though I wasn't the focus in the spotlight, for me to be a part of the situation was a blessing to me. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, And slowly but surely, I started realizing, like, okay, after Wayne telling me, yo, this is how it's supposed to go, I'm like, damn, well, what about this record, this record, that record? What the, f- where is that at? Right. And then, even then, I'm not tripping over it. It's really a, like, when I started building a personal relationship with Keith, that's when I started becoming an individual. Interesting. Because, like, a lot of early producers, they get in the game, they basically get fucked until they have enough success that they to can then, off. that they can actually demand what they deserve, right? Kind of like that, but I was, I ain't gonna say I was getting fucked. I, I got, I ain't get in what I, I ain't get out what I put in, but at the same time, I was getting more than what, what I felt like I even deserved because this is this man's brand. Right. And he's allowing me to be a part of it. Yeah. Anybody, any any little producer in the world can do this. You know what I'm saying? He could have decided to work with anybody. And he like, work with me. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And that's that right there allowed me to, you know what I'm saying, network. I was able to network inside of that little right. circle. You know what I'm saying? So How- even though I wasn't the forefront Dirk knew I made eventually 2013 into 2013 going to 14. Dirk know I'm making these beats now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Keith know I'm making these beats now. And for me, that was the gratitude I cared about. Because right. now the artists know I'm making the beats. You know what I'm saying? So, but it was it was it wasn't until like music started to change a little bit to where I was able to become closer with Dirk around the beginning of thir- the end of 13, beginning of 14. I'm starting I'm starting to develop a real relationship. They starting to call me to come to studios, and it start, and then it start to become a divide between me and Young Chop because then you got Young Chop, and then you got Chop Squad. Right. You know what I'm saying? So. So was it ever really like a beef or an issue, or was Chop? Oh, no. Chop was no. cool about you wanting to do your own thing. Now, I ain't gonna lie, he was not cool initially <laughs> because of how it came about. Right. It oh, wasn't right. like. Because uh, you were having direct relationships with these exactly. star rappers, right? Exactly. But like I just said, like, like. That's not what I was in for. Hmm. So that never bothered me, but the reality of the situation is he probably, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say he had a problem with it, but he ain't like that. Hmm. And I knew he didn't like it when uh, Keith, Keith started hitting me directly. Now, me working with Dirk, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? Dirk wasn't his focus. Right. Keith was. Dirk was my focus because I felt like he was out of here. You know, I'm on every project Dirk ever put out, and I'm, and I'm doing four, five joints on each one. Right. So it's like, that's allowing me to get my sound out, which is my initial dream. And then... Me allowing myself, them allowing me to build a personal relationship with Dirk has allowed me to like have individualism. But it wasn't until Keith 
that he made my name. He forced me to have a brand, all that. You know so so was that the first time that your actual name was listed on the credits exactly. and everything? Exactly. Okay. So this is the weird part. Because this was, I was like, mm. well, I was terrified, fool. Because I'm like, oh, my God, this nigga just ruined my situation. Right. You know, I'm thinking like, what? He, he hit me like, he, he randomly DM me on Twitter one day. He was like, where you at, folks? I'm, huh? I'm, I, I damn didn't want to call you on top. Like, why is keep hitting me up? <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, what's up? He like. Boy, send me some beats. Right. I'm thinking like this man hitting me. Like I like I said, Dirk know I'm making the beats. So we I'm I'm sending beats. Even though I'm still sending beats through your chop, Dirk know I'm making the beats. But Keith hit me directly, like, yo, send me some beats. I sent him some beats the next day. He like, where you at? I'm like, I'm in St. Louis. He like, come to LA. I'm like, man, what the hell are you talking about? How am I coming to LA? He's like, boom, send me your number. Boom. So Boom, I spent the whole summer at his career. Really? You know what I'm saying? And that allowed me, like I said, individualism started to take part. Start to take form in that era, and it was about 2014, and I want to say the 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 spring of 14, and then I spent the whole summer of 14 at his crib, and then I'm never gonna forget how I got my name, fool. Because he took your phone and changed your Instagram name. Exactly, mm. changed it to Child Squad DJ, and I was <laughs> like, okay, and I, he like, and the scary part wasn't even that, because I'm like, all right, at least I got a brand now. The scary part was the 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 project he had called Sorry for the Wait. I did like seven on there. Oh, that was such a good one too. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, and that, that was, was my that one. was me figuring out my sound and stuff, not the drill sound. It was like another the melodies started coming to play. Mm. And the sorry for the weight project, fool. That was the scariest. I mean, my heart dropped when that shit when the track list came out, the cover art, and that shit said Chop Squad DJ. Well, you pl- but I knew the records had Young Chop tagging them. Mm. So then I'm like, oh my god. This shit gonna come out. This nigga gonna hate me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's saying, yo, Chop on the beat. And it's saying, produced by Chop Squad DJ. And it got my little Chop Squad tag in it that I made a long time ago. I had my homie, uh, A-Serms, use, I guess, the girl he was with at the time. He was like, I'm gonna help make you a tag. And she just, he just put like a little effect over her saying Chop Squad. And right. I was using that. And, uh, I mean, that was a terrifying situation right there, fool. Because I was thinking, like, my situation over. Even you, though you Keith, Young Chop was going to be pissed. Knowing. I'm knowing. <laughs> like, how I would be pissed. Was it just confusion that they put the, his yes, B tag on Yes, that's the only it? thing yeah. that did. That made confusion. Because now it's like, in the comments, people putting it like, why is that produced by Chop Squad DJ, but it's a Young Chop on the beat? Because that was, like I said, since I'm the ghost producer, I'm putting out the tag in every beat. Right. And like I said, I'm thankful for the man even allowing me to make money off this situation. Because then around that time... I could set up beat plays and stuff, and I'm selling Young Chop beats, and we breaking the money down, and he allowed me to eat. You know mm. what I'm saying? Even though I wasn't getting the like royalties and advances like like it is now, I, he allowed me to eat by creating a, a whole, uh, uh, I want to say arena, a, a bowl for me to live in to where I could finesse the brand, still eat. I'm still living in my mama house, but now I got some money. I can go buy me a car. Well, a lot of people... When they get put on in a position like that, they end up getting pissed off and salty, and they forget about the fact that that person put you in the position Man, to listen, be able to get this successful, I'll never right? forget about what Young Chop did for me. That's why you didn't see me change my name. Mm. On Instagram, it's still Chop Squad DJ, but you see my tag is DJ on the beat, so it's a banger. Mm. I took the Chop Squad out of my tag to make sure I had individualism, but I'm like, I'm going to forever big up the person who even gave me a chance, you right. feel me? Because I could have easily went and took the opposite route and signed to Mike Will when Mike Will wanted me to sign with him. Really? I could have pressed that issue and been one of the ear drummers. Right. But instead, I seen like, man, and, and I appreciate Mike Will for that. And Mike Will rock with me to this day. He's seen my whole transition from a, a ghost producer to a top 10 producer, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, honestly, I that could have went any way. But I appreciate a person even because 
I realized that Young Chop didn't have no producers around him. It was mm-hmm. just him. And now I felt like that would be an easier way than me having to be a part of a team of producers. Right. And I appreciate even giving me the opportunity. So I'm never going to change my name on Instagram. Well, I don't know. I don't know, fool. I ain't going to lie to you because it's like, even now, artists is like, you should change your name. People around like, bro, just change your name. Like, your name already, DJ on the beat, so it's a banger. Just change your Instagram name. You know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, But nah, fool, I want to big up the person who put me in. And I think really beyond that, the the the... the, the I don't know the sentiment and the and the feelings that that name represent is still mean a lot to me, fool. Cause mm-hmm. I remember just that whole. I told it's like yesterday. I can remember Chief. I can remember Keith. I'm standing in front of Keith's house. I'm like, take this picture for me. And he had my phone back and say that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's like reverence to my beginning. And I'm like, I, I can't just be a a, a, a fool ass dude and just remove my remove that part of my legacy and i feel like you're well known enough at this point that it's like you have built your own separate identity even oh, though yeah, the sure. name is obviously similar to young chop yeah, but yeah. i don't think people no 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 is this we in a different generation now so for sure but yeah. back then i'm around french montana and they like this young chop Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 2013, they're like, nigga, what the fuck? But now it's like they they know me as an individual. And like I said, through all these years, I was allowed to build my own brand, fool. Mm. And that was the most important thing. Like, I, I, I'm forever thankful of Keith. I'm forever thankful of Young Chop. Because, like, I had, like now, bro, if you, I, well, you see, I'm Chop. And it's like, I be, I, I, stop calling me that shit. But now it's like, I don't care, fool. Right. I don't give a fuck what you call me, fool. You know me. I don't care no more. When you spent that summer at Keith's house, what was that like? Were you around all kinds of crazy shit that you hadn't seen pre- uh, up to that point in your life? Because all of a sudden now you're in LA, Chief Keith, rich as hell. Oh, yeah, way different life. Totally different life. No lifestyle. more sleeping on the floor, splitting 10 piece McNuggets. You know what I'm saying? We going crazy. Right. We, and around that time, Keith is Wakano crazy. Yeah. I'm fucking <laughs> sick of Wakano. You know what I'm saying? We knew about Wakano from him before I even like Bro, really started living out here. He I think. would not let that go, fool. Like, Wakano was his favorite spot to eat, and he ordered one of everything, and we just knocking it down. It's funny because when you actually have been to Wakano a few times, you realize, oh, this is kind of just like a regular ass reg- Chinese spot. Regular in the mall. Hell. <laughs> That's like Panda Express at the mall. It's a little better than Panda. But it's not that much better. Yet. Man, that shit is like a little bit better than Panda, but under PF Changs. So that's real, yeah, yeah. So it's like just to have that flexibility of not worrying about my next meal, not worrying about where I gotta go, not worrying about none of that, that allowed me to focus more on the creative part. Right. Did you feel like you were like making breakthroughs and really able to like do your thing then? And also was was Keith making beats at that time? And so I started teaching Keith how to make beats around that time. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So me and DP Beats taught Keith how to make beats. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And and it's just a process. It took damn near like a whole six, seven months. But it's like when I'm in town, I'm showing Keith how to do stuff. I go back to St. Louis and DP come in town. He teach him how to do stuff. When he go back to his city, I come back and do the same. So we just switched out. And eventually Keith learned how to make beats for sure, for sure. But he was real motivated to learn? Oh, for sure. You mm-hmm. know why? This is like my honest opinion. You're going to have to ask him. But I feel like when he realized Young Chop wasn't making all them beats, he was like, 
shit, I can make them too. Mm. You know what I'm saying? When he realized he wasn't like a superpower, right. he was like, I can do this shit too. And that's kind of the same thing that happened with the videos. I've seen Keep edit his own videos. Right. You know what I'm saying? And people and always act mad surprised, and they'll be like, I can't believe that there'll be like a picture that comes out of Keith and he's a, a fucking with Photoshop or, yeah, yeah, or making yeah, yeah. a logo or something. People are like really surprised that he's not just a rapper and that he actually is just. I, I think that that's who he is as a person. Is that he's, he's a creator? He's just a creative mind. Yeah, he's a creator. And but it's really interesting that he's been willing to. You know, he's already successful as a rapper, and then oh, I'm gonna dip my toe in all these other things. You know, that's very rare. You don't see a lot of people do that i mean he wanted he wanted to be a one a one-man band mm. and i understand that like i understand that because i feel like that as far as the production tip i don't want to approach this shit always needing somebody mm. you know what i'm saying you don't want to have to always call the video where my video at? where my video at? where my video you don't want to keep calling the producer send me beats send me beats, send me beats. and then what if he's sending you beats that ain't what you want mm. you learn how to do it yourself you're going to get exactly what you want and make all the money I mean, he wouldn't even worry about that. He's rich. Mm-hmm. He worried about living on other people's time. Keep was worrying about closing his circle, removing the accessibility, and being a, a, a standalone individual that's stable and focuses on himself. To I mean, a self, I want to say a, a self-contained environment. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He don't want to have to let videographers and, 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 the, and, the, and the graphics do come over and do all this. He slowly learned. I mean, I go over there now, he recording himself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He, 40 goddamn arcade machines, six TVs on the wall, and he in there, like, focused as hell. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, he understood the, 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 the power of learning how to do it yourself because that took away the power that other people had over you. Mm. That's the power people have over you. You needed somebody as a power to have over you that you're not going to be able to get around. For instance, say you smoke a lot of weed. You don't sell weed, so you need the weed man. You're going to always need the weed man. Mm. Then all of a sudden you get some paper and you decide to, to, to start investing in yourself. I am the yourself. weed man now. You see what I'm saying? Yes, but that works for every single situation, fool. Like mm. every single situation, I look at it like you can become a self-contained situation, self-contained uh, person if you decide to take the initiative to do it yourself. I was thinking about that sometimes because rappers always want to buy some weed when they come in here. And I'm like, why don't I just buy a couple pounds and just be and trapping start, ounces out of here? It's a whole different little hustle I could have. I mean, for real it is because, like I just said, the weed man, but I mean, you add them, fool. That sounds... I, know, I don't right? even believe you, fool. Nah, but, but I think about it because it's like, what? I could, I could take... You give, probably give think about three hundred dollars. I yeah, hand yeah, you the yeah. ounce boom. This is all we do. You probably think about the convenience factor. I sold some weed back in the day. I know what I'm doing a little bit. Shit, I ain't saying no shit like that on here. No, I, <laughs> I broke up. I fucking broke up a whole ounce of coke on a table that had some weed crumbs and ended up what with those. Bro, you snorted some weed coke, fool? I didn't snort it. I was selling it, but hopefully you sold somebody some weed coke. They had like specks of weed in that coke. Let me tell you something. Cokeheads will buy whatever the fuck you give them, but if they start paying attention, they really don't want little specks of green weed dust in their fucking coke. Do you think they be paying attention? You know, if you're a cokehead, I mean, you'll do anything. For real, damn, there's a real deal work. addiction. You know, you can be picky about weed because a lot of weed. Yeah. Like when you get coke, it's not like there's some other guy around the corner that's got that wants to give you some coke you know this is rare you say this the only coke man i'm gonna wear i'm gonna run into huh <laughs> selling coke is absolutely the worst though i don't know how we got on this topic but man i would hate to do that shit people who stay up till eight in the morning doing this shit doing coke, coke or selling coke no doing it but then they start they call you at eight in the morning you know this is before do not disturb the phone's blowing up oh to re-up right because mm-hmm. it's a real addiction right, i see what you're saying yeah right. you like Oh yeah, so that means the coke man on point. Weed is a luxury to a certain extent, you know. If you don't, you know, if people, weed people need luxury, weed, what's but, coke? but coke is so addictive that it's like, you know, if if you have a pound of weed, like you might smoke a bunch of it, but you could go to bed. Need it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like oh, people don't have leftover coke. They right. do it all. 
And you say you say you can go to bed after that. You saying like after you get done with that coke, you need some more. Yeah, and that's the problem. We we don't put you to bed. Coke keep you up. Coke means you're not going to bed. Oh damn, <laughs> that's right. That's crazy, fool. Yeah. I mean that's true though, but that but 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 that's what we saying, bro. Like keep learning how to do everything yourself. He understood. He cut that middleman out. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to call the man at eight in the morning. You got my video ready tomorrow? I'm trying to drop Tuesday. You know none of that. And I think that is really like who he is as a person. Is he's somebody who wants to be able to be by himself, be creative, work on Man, his shit. Really he don't want to have person. to hear from nobody. Yeah, he's a know? really reserved person, fool. Yeah. And that, and and I admired it. I kind of learned a lot from that because me learning it early on, I became less dependent on other people for my craft. Hmm. Like I'm not a real big fan of collaborating, depending on loops like a lot of producers do and stuff. Because that's the the that's whole, the whole thing wave now, right yeah. now. I'm surprised you know about it. That's crazy. Right. But that's the whole wave of producers right now. They all want loops and all this. I'm, I'm, I make I can make loops. You, you can do that all day, right? Because you play piano, so you can sit there and do that in five seconds, right? You feel me? So that it, it kind of separate me from other people where I don't need people. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it weeds me out from the crop because since I can do this on the spot, Artists are more inclined to contact me directly instead of me having to go through their team because mm-hmm. now, like I like it's, like it's the supply demand thing we were just talking about. Now that you got somebody that you know you can do this stuff right in your face without any uh, uh, interruptions or taking two hours to make a beat, since they know that now, they like uh, I'm gonna call a DJ. Mm-hmm. Like I can call so and so, but we're gonna be in this thing for three, four hours. I'm gonna call a DJ. We're gonna knock this out in 20, 30 minutes and it, have a hit in an hour. It seems like there's a lot of people who make beats basically as a hustle and mm-hmm. that you're somebody who actually like cares a, a lot about the music and that's yeah really like, i got the bread now fool so i care about the content the quality and the consistency now right you know what i'm saying because i i'm i'm, I'm not questioning what i can do in the situation i want to make sure i repeatedly give that same quality over and over mm. you know what i'm saying i want to make sure my name hold that weight and and that's why I kind of cut down my accessibility to people. You know what I'm saying? I, I, that's why he was surprised when I ain't walking here with nobody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I just don't want to be that person. Like I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I learned so much from Keith Fool. It's like I understand the power of an individual, and the, and when you give that power away, you become dependent on people. Mm. And becoming dependent on people, all type of situations come up because you can't control who around that person. Mm. You don't know who that person know. You don't know the environment that that person come from or the environment that that person bring to your situation. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And individualism is big to me, fool. Mm. And, and it didn't become big until really like Keith them showed me the power of individualism. And I didn't like I said I was terrified becoming child squad DJ because I didn't want to mess up my current situation. Mm. I was so content on the situation that I was already in. Even being in the background, I felt like I could accomplish my goals because my goals wasn't nothing but just to get my music out. It wasn't to get no money. It wasn't to become famous. It wasn't for the clout. It wasn't to 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 um, um, capitalize off anything. It was just for me to get my music out. Mm. And the fact that that was already being done, I felt like I. I you got to think about it. I'm an orphan, fool. Mm. I couldn't see myself past 18. You know what I'm saying? And I still say all the time, I can't see myself past 30. You know what I'm saying? I can't see myself even at 30. Because most of my friends died at 20, 22, 24, 23. My, my, my childhood friends been dead for years. My best friends from childhood been dead. Like, mm. I'm so used to, like, people being temporary fool that it's hard to see my future. You know what I'm saying? And that's, like, what I've been going through. It's, like, as I'm getting older, it's, like, I got to change my personal orientated goals so that way I can grow as an individual because my goals is no longer to get my music out. My music is out. My goal is to create a long lasting legacy that means something that even if I die at any time, any day, y'all going to still remember me. 
Mm. Y'all gonna remember my name. Y'all gonna remember my work. It's gonna mean something. It wasn't just a blip. It was it was an impact. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean that's the <clears> difference <throat> in terms of like building your own personal brand. Like how do you become? We we were having a conversation about different levels of producers and different levels of artists and how if you're a Kendrick or you're J Cole, you can disappear and not put an album out for yeah, three years. Just about, yeah, it's all yeah. good. You're Metro Boomin. You can you can kind of disappear off the off the 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 scene for a little you while. Put that work in. Exactly. Yeah, you're gonna put that work in. And I think that they've done just such amazing. All these people doing amazing jobs building brands. And what they represent is so strong that it's very, very difficult for anyone to really like even replace it. Start knocking at the door of being on that level. Exactly, and And that's the type of time I'm trying to be on. mm. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make it hard to even replicate me, Mm. and that's the whole thing. Like I see a lot of now, like my, my sound is incredibly popular in in the music right now. The piano under the sub bass or the guitar under the sub bass, and I see a lot of people trying to mimic and replicate that, but still the artists hit me up. You know what I'm saying? Like me and Polo G. Like Polo G knows. Like he, a lot of people tell him that the shit sound like I made it. So he started locking in with me. You Everybody wants some nice little piano uh, dancing yeah. around on that show. Yeah. I was thinking about that on the new Pooh Shiesty album. It's, it's a whole bunch of that. It's like he he kind of like raps to the the keys. Yeah, for sure. And that's like it took a long time, fool, for me to even figure out how to do that formula, fool. Like it wasn't popular to to do that. Like when I was doing all these piano beats, trying to separate myself from the drill movement, people mm. looked at that shit like it was. Too feminine, too soft. Mm. Even Dirk, when we put out these records, they man, he he losing it. He da, 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 he ain't the same no more. But he's growing, mm. preparing for the next wave. And when that wave hit, Dirk is is him now. The Dirk thing is mind blowing. If you actually <laughs> think about how crazy it yeah, is that yeah. he was kind of like, you know, nobody considered him to be like at the at the number one spot in the Chicago drill shit. He was always kind of like a runner up he, to like one or two other people. Everybody thought he was the background, and now. His career is so ridiculously huge. He's so popular. Like, what, what, to you as someone who knows him really well, what do you credit that to? Growth. His real, him focusing on him, him understanding that you have to show growth to your main demographic. You have to feed your main demographic, show consistency and growth, and grow with the, grow with the time. You can't stay stagnant. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing that separates him from a lot of these other artists that are around. They, they, they stay stagnant and get comfortable and content in the situation that they're in. You know what I'm saying? Dirk never did that. He understood when it was time to go, when it was time for his next album, I got to grow. He went to Atlanta, started seeing how people navigate it, started seeing how they move around. You know what I'm saying? Developing a bigger network, you know what I'm saying? And, and growing with that network to where your sound and your and, and your work ethic grew with that network mm-hmm. to where your way of making music even changed. You know what I'm saying? And, and to me, I feel like personally, to even see him go through that, like I was just telling him that. I, I literally just texted him a couple days ago like, fool. This shit crazy. He was like, I know, bro. Cause it's just like, you gotta understand, fool. I was I was just sitting I was just sitting in the studio with Dirk a couple years ago and we and people talking about he over. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? We talking about how many people are gonna be at the show. It ain't it's it's two hundred people at the show. You know what I'm saying? And I ne I always knew from day one when I seen Dirk with the long ass dreads. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When I met him, I knew he was gonna be him. When when Young Chop was focusing on Keith, I knew Dirk was the voice because I understood melodies was the future. Mm-hmm. And I knew Dirk really wanted to go into the melodies, but he wanted to retain his street respect. So now that melodies are are, are the focus, he can be him. Right. You know what I'm saying? He can be him without without no predication of uh, man, do you think they're gonna feel this way about me without no judgment, without no preconceived notion of man he's soft now he know that you can still maintain their respect and have that gangster mentality and still represent that in your music without having to be so aggressive at all times and but now <clears throat> dirk is in a crazy point in his career where he can be the dude who is basically like 
kind of doing stuff that almost reminds you of Future. And then he also could be the dude making well, I, Back in Blood with Pooh. That's like the hardest street record Dirk, of the year, right? I say it all the time. I say Dirk like the new Future, but it ain't no replacing Future. But right. it's Dirk. No disrespect to Future. But, Never, but, I, but just, I mean, to I even just, consider him in the category exactly, of that is crazy. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That that category, just that that tier level. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's what I really mean when I say that because I was just in the studio with Future a couple days ago. That man's incredible, fool. Mm. Uh, he worked like he worked like Dirk, fool. He worked just like that. And I know Dirk learned that from the people around him, the people he was working with, slowly over time to really embrace you being you. Don't be afraid to grow and to show that growth publicly and through the through the history and the and the uh, discography of music is huge. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because you can go back and literally listen to Dirk changes his sound from "Remember My Name" to to "Just Cause Y'all Waited" one to "Sign to the Streets" three to you can see the growth. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And just seeing that growth, man, it's difficult to talk to Dirk sometimes without getting emotional, fool. Because I just remember, man. Because I remember the situation I was in during that time. You know what I'm saying? And the, like the 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 uncertainty of the situation, and to understand that you got a stable spot in the game now, fool. I wake up every day like. It's like a weight off my shoulder, fool. Mm. There ain't no replacing me. And that that's that that weight off my shoulder is like, man, that the uncertainty of what I'm gonna do in four, five, six months is, is not it's not there no more. You I mean what Dirk's accomplished is even crazier when you consider the fact that he's basically had a huge percentage of the people he cares about taken from him over these years. Man, I'm watching it as it happened, fool. You know what I'm saying? And that, it break my heart to even see that fool. Like just to to even having to go through that. And I and, and like I told you. Like like I told you when when we when I walked in here we was talking like it's difficult for me to even talk about certain situations like that you know what I'm saying because mm-hmm. a lot of my childhood friends fool and like like even bro like bro's my best friend you know what I'm saying when he passed away that I put my all in the bro in the last two years you know what I'm saying everybody I walked into just remind just telling them like man King Bond up next and just to even see that you know what I'm saying so tell us about. How you got introduced to him? I'm assuming Dirk introduced you? Yeah, Devon, for sure. So I met him before, but he wasn't an artist, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, and he was just like one of the members, you know what I'm saying? Like, I see him, we are talking all that, but it wasn't no music. I remember he he, he getting out. I remember he called me from jail, and Dirk like, hey, he trying to talk to you, Dirk. And I'm talking to him. And he like, man... I need you to turn me up like you did Dirk, man. I need you to do like you did Dirk, man. Fuck me like you do Dirk. And that was the same approach that T. Grizzly came to me, so I'm used to people saying that. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, turn me up like you did Dirk. Because Dirk was really the first artist I got to show. Like, I will grow you from plateau to straight up, you know what I'm saying, out of mm. this world. And for, for me, that made me feel good for artists to recognize that. But what made me feel even better is to see the gratification the artists get from being able to see themselves grow. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, I met, I met him through Dirk, and I didn't, I took it serious, but it was like, think about how many artists around us and OTF and, like, the little, the little sub-labels that these artists got that they want to put on other people. And it was like, when we made our first song, it was uh, Beat the Body. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, I'm like, I fuck with this song. It's cool. I'm seeing it grow traction, but it was like, at the same time, I'm seeing Vaughn not take music serious in real life. Hmm. So I see him recording that song, but then in real life, he he worry about how he's going to make some money, how he's going to keep this going, what's this, that, and the third. And I understand that. And I told him, and he called, He would call me all the time, like, man, fuck with me, send me some more beats. I'm like, yeah, all right, I'm going to send some more beats. You've probably seen a lot of artists like him who are yeah. talented, but just two in the streets that it's kind of hard for you to imagine them being able a to real really artist. do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So... 
eventually, by the time Crazy Story came around, I told him, I'm gonna give you some, I'm gonna give you this beat. You gotta, I'm, I'm gonna give you some beats. And if you don't put some real money, effort, and time into this, it's not gonna be no more beats. Mm. And he was like, I swear I'm gonna do that. He's like, I don't wanna do nothing else but this. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, you gotta show me, fool. I hear you talking, but you gotta show me. Mm. And he was sending me record after record, and I, I gave him like four beats, and he did them. By the time we had the first four songs, I was like, oh, I think I think I can do this. Really? Because really, before that, before we even made them records, he was working with Young Chop. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And, and I'm walking in the Chop house, and Vaughn right there, they working it. I'm, I'm seeing, like, okay, cool. And then I I don't know what the situation was. They, they stopped working, and he called me like, man... I need to be like Dirk, fool. I need you to treat me like... But he really wasn't... When he was really saying, I want to be like Dirk, he was really trying to tell me he wanted me to treat him like Dirk. He wanted that reverence. He mm. wanted that respect. You feel me? He wanted me to care about his music. Right. And I was like, if you want me to care, you got to show me you care. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, if you don't show me you care, it ain't no how... It's no way that I'm going to care. Right. And eventually, by the time... I want to say maybe four months after us really doing it, I'm like, man, I'm 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 gonna help you grow, fool. Cause Crazy Story was such a huge song, but then at the same time, it was like I felt like a lot of people were kind of like, uh, is this is, is this, this just a, a gimmick? Does he only yeah. have one flow? And that's what we kept talking about. And I was like, let's plan it. So I started actually planning it with him. I, my, from my from my experience with Trippy, Dirk, T Grizzly, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna really show you how to grow as an artist. But you gotta listen to every single thing I say. Like if you don't listen, fool. Yeah, I'm gonna let you do you and I'm gonna step back. Mm. He's like, bro, I swear I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna listen. And he listened. He's one of the only artists I ever worked with where, where like, I got a relationship with artists where I could always be like, no, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't what's up. Or, man, you go back and do it over. But with Vine, he cared if I liked every single bar. Really? We'll work, we make it together. He'll send me voice memos. And, and when he sent me a voice memo, fool, I, I, uh, I make a hook to it. And then that'll be the hook, and then he used that voice memo as a verses, and we did forty songs like that. Bro. Really? Oh yeah, for sure. But he was sending you voice memos of just what he thought the Ooh. hook might sound like. No, he sent me voice memos of just, it wouldn't even be a hook. It would just be a, like I don't, I can't even play it, fool. Like it'd just be a voice memo of him rapping, and what I would do is I send him how it should go on the beat. I send him like you know what I'm saying, like. I just, I don't know. I got to see. Let me see if I can find it. I got even everything. Almost all these little, um, like, let me see. You know what I'm saying? This is him in, in Moneybag, yo. You and you could do, you, you, and so what I did was took, I'm like, so he know. Really, I told him the formula of me and T Grizzly making beats because I see him and T Grizzly had a. It was I look at Vaughn like a mix between T Grizzly and Lil Durk yeah. because T Grizzly's approach was he wrote so many songs in jail he just don't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? Instead of us making new songs, send me them, put them in a voice memo, say them, and I'll make a beat around it and I'll put it together for you. And I'll you, tell you. Do you have to actually put that in the program and then start nope. beating the? You nope. just hear it and you. Yeah, when you I heard of, this, I knew what type of beat should go with it, and I just went and made the beat. Right. And then I told, then I sent him a voice memo back on how the flow of that should go on the beat. You know what I'm saying? And like for instance, like the the I am what I am song with with Fabio Foreign. I had to beg this man to use a drill beat. He was like, "Hell no!" Really? He was like, "I'm not." He was like, "I'm not dancing on these bitches, fool." He was like, "I'm not doing that pop smoke shit, that dancing shit." He was like, "For we doing real drills." I'm like, "Listen, fool, 
you gonna do this fool he was like man how you know it's gonna be hard i say bro what if i told you it wasn't hard man all right so i sent him i sent him the i am what i am uh i sent him the i am what i am uh song and i was like you gotta do it like that so look he in the shower he in the shower (laughs) singing in the shower Singing in the shower, and I gotta make a song out of it. Wow, that's badass to not even turn the water off before recording the fucking voice memo. (laughs) I would have turned the water off. (laughs) And I'll be like, look, nah, we ain't doing it this way. That's too slow. That's the same hop you use on this one. Take them words, but do it like this. And that's how we move, fool. And it's like, he listened to me. Everything I told him. He, he's one of the only songs. He, he's one of the only artists I ever met that just, he listened to me, no questions, no nothing. He like, if that's how you, if that how it should go, you know what I'm saying? He used to say like, is that how Dirkdom did it? Mm-hmm. And then eventually he understand, like, I took an amalgamation of two different formulas and made your formula. Because, right. like, he was like, I got all, he would just pull out this nasty looking ass notebook. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, what the fuck is that stain? He's like, man, I don't know, bro. I had it in jail, fool. Yeah. He's like, I gotta smack a nigga with this notebook before. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, I smacked the nigga with the notebook. I'm like, fool, what the fuck? Nasty, slimy looking ass notebook with brown pages. And he got mm. a whole goddamn 30, 40 songs in there. So I'm like, listen, fool, instead of us having to go in here and hope we catch a vibe, send me something you know you like, and I'm going to adapt it to how it can be palatable to other people. Did you ever see him punch in, or was he always writing stuff beforehand? We did both. So yeah. basically, all the songs you hear, like, like it's, it's, two different, it's two different stages for us. We made two albums in his kitchen wow. while he was on house arrest. Mm. He couldn't leave the front porch. You know wow. what I'm saying? So I come to Atlanta while I'm working with Dirk or whoever I'm working with. I come and, and go over his house. And, and it was treacherous at first because I'm like, fuck. I just got to sit here all day. Can't leave. Can't do nothing. But eventually we de- we developed a chemistry that allowed us to really communicate with each other without even using words. And you're used to being fly ass studios and shit. And you know what I'm saying? You're in a living room. And this is and this. Yeah, think about it, this is this is a year ago. So right. I'm me already, and it's like, all right, whatever, fool. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I really want to go, but it's like I believed in him because I understood like he wanted this so bad that he could be still trying to find some way to scam or whatever he wanted to do. Even while he on house arrest and he can't get no money and crazy story popping. But no, he want to make more music. And mm-hmm. that showed me, like, okay, you're not just taking this shit as a, as, a, as a joke. This is an opportunity for your life to change. Right. And, and through that process, we made three albums. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And every song I produce. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, I, every beat he had, I would either take a beat I already got and tell him this should go to this, or he would send me them voice memos. And then I'd, send him, I'd make a beat and send him a voice memo back of how the song should go. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And that, it, it, it worked. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate the, just that whole situation. I appreciate, but above anything else, fool, I like I, and even the fact like it kind of it saddens me, fool, that like he not here no more because his literal dream was this. You know what I'm saying? Like his dream was this. Right. His dream is people to appreciate his music. You know, and like I could never get like while he was alive, I could never get him to understand like fool. You just gotta listen to me and. And it's gonna happen, you know what I'm saying? Like, eventually he understood though, fool. Like, he stopped questioning what we were doing, and he kind of started uh, 
trusting what we were doing. You know right. what I'm saying? Because he understood that I'm not going to go nowhere. At first, he was kind of scared of me going somewhere, fool. Really? He, he was scared of me, like, stop fucking with him at any moment. Were you, you know scared of him going somewhere else? Like, no, nah, no, nah, nah. he needed me. I knew it. Really? Yeah, because he, this is how I knew it. Because when I'm not around him, he'll sit on, he'll call me on FaceTime and just sit on FaceTime with me. I'm like, bro, I'm about to go. He's like, bro, just stay right there. I'm like, fool, we're not doing shit. Yeah. We on face, my fucking battery about to die. He like, I, we can't just chill on the phone. I'm like, and do what? He like, we can't just chill. I'm like, and then that's why I understood, like, he just want my he just want my my energy. He understand that like I kept him on the music vibe. Right. And then when I'm not around him, he in the studio. He make me he sit there. I prop my phone up, and I'll be doing something else wherever I'm at in the country. And he in the studio like I right, play that boy back. You fuck with that boy job? I'm like, it's cool. Hold on, go back do it again. You fuck with that part? You know what I'm saying? So every single song we did like that to where that trust was built. And like I say, I just I, I let me see. Cause I, this he did the same. This was I want to show you. He did the same. The one thing I like about Bonnie, he was so genuine, fool. He did the same thing Dirk did for him for other people. Really? Man, look, this is him. Like, hey, this is my homie from jail. This is it sounded just like Dirk telling me this to him about him. This is my homie from jail, man. I don't, it sounded like he really didn't even have no faith in him, but it was like I'm gonna do what I told you I'm gonna do. Right. He was like, man. I, he, I told him I was going to get him a beat from you. He got a song. This man is in jail. He like, man, you ready? Go rap on him. Look, listen. Go. You ready? Yeah. Go ahead. Go crazy. Can't even hear this shit. This is just a random guy in jail? It's his homie in jail. It just sound like he going to... just like he spitting in the mic or something. Yeah. And he's like, you got that? I'm like, no, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, but he, but I see the intent was for him to show the same love that he got shown. Yeah, yeah. To definitely. see his intentions, to see his heart was just more, that was more encouraging to see his, the realness. Like, fool, I remember Bond was so mad he couldn't make no money while on house arrest because he couldn't leave. And he didn't want to over-exacerbate himself or, or overextend himself and burn out himself by just making himself available and accessible to everybody. Mm. So he couldn't just do features. He pissed. Like, man, I got all this going on and I can't do shit. You know mm. what I'm saying? And in my mind, I'm like, fool, don't worry about it. Because when you get off this box, fool, you're going to have all this bread waiting for you. Right. He didn't want to hear that shit. That shit was eating him up inside, right? But just to see... I like, like for instance, I would, uh, I give him some bread. Like, he'd be like, "Hey, fool, book this lift for me. Lift two hundred dollars." I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" He like, "Just book it for me. Book it for me." Fool, I remember just the little bitty things I would do just to make sure he wouldn't go out his way. The minute he got in the position, he tried to do the same for me. Really? Even though he knew I was established, I didn't need nothing. He just wanted to show that the love I gave him was reciprocated, and, and, and not just received. But it was giving back. You know what I'm saying? Mm. He wanted to give back that love. Like, like, so when he started getting some real paper, he was always trying to buy shit for me. I'm like, why don't you buy shit for me? He was like, bro, you done did all this woo. And then like, this is what like, man, I'm I'm like, this like it damn near. I damn near got emotional when that man was like, cause it's like, I didn't tax him on his projects. Like his first mm. project, when we did our first project, when we did Grandson Volume One, I didn't tax him for that. And he knew I was even. I was getting a huge number for beats. Even then, this was a year and a half ago. I'm still getting 15, 20 a beat. Mm. So 
he knew I could have taxed him. But no, I'm like, man, no, nah, man, close to free, fool. Just because I knew they didn't have no budget like that. And then with with Le, 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 uh, LeVon James, when that came around, I kept the price the same. And I could have, man, you popular now. Ooh, no, I know this is not the time to eat. Man, without me having to talk about it, without me having to say anything, he let me charge like four or five times that amount. Really? For for um, Welcome to Oblock. Once it was signed. Yeah. When he got, when Welcome to Oblock was about to come out, he was like, food, since you looked out for me on that, I'm about to let you eat. I don't care what you charge. You know what, mm. what I'm saying? The whole budget me. You know what I'm saying? And it's like understanding that somebody not only because it's like you can show somebody some love but in the back of your head you like do they even care mm. not only did he care he wanted the love to be felt back because he wanted to he wanted me to understand that he appreciated it that much you know what i'm saying and just going through that was like man mind-blowing fool it was like damn this fool is he real as hell mm. how can somebody be this real you know what I'm saying? the only other person i've been around was real like that like that to where like it's like an unspoken thing to like i understand that like, you my homie, and I don't want to tax you, and I want this to keep going, so I'll take a loss on the overall just to make this keep going. Not only did he understand that, I, not only did I understand that, he understood that. Mm. And, and he made sure he gave that back when he got in position. And he didn't have to. Right. He could have been like, bro, you just charged me this last two albums. Why you ain't just... No, he was like, fool, this is your time to eat. And it happens all the time where, you know, a producer will basically go hard for artists, and then as soon as they blow up, they're working with every artist or every producer. They're working with a million different people. They don't do give that. a fuck about you. Listen, I begged him to get in the studio with everybody. Right. I was going to say, what was your attitude on him working with other producers? He didn't want to. Really? Yeah, he didn't want to. He was like, fool, I don't give a fuck about these niggas. And I'm talking about, I'm giving him Wheezy beats. I'm giving him, I'm giving him uh, Jetson beats. I'm giving him ATL Jacob. I'm giving him whoever around and popping at the time. Twisted Genius. I'm putting them in the studio with these people. I don't want to be in the studio with these people, fool. Uh. And so eventually... He didn't open up until until Welcome to Old Block. And during the creation of Welcome to Old Block, I would have to literally call these producers and make them sit in the studio with us. And that's the only way that they actually got a rec- records with mine. You know what I'm saying? Even when he would do stuff with like Hitmaker and all them, he didn't want to use the records because he was like, that ain't even me, that's them. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. it's like his comfortability level with me was a different way. Even when he in the studio with anybody else, he would just sit there and make me sit with him like, fool, just stay here. Like, or he'll make me mediate the session. He'll be in a different room than the producer and make me go back and forth and mediate it. Like, I don't want to talk to him. You do it, and then you bring it to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, bro, I, like I said, fool, it's only a handful of artists I got that, that connection with. And it was like, during that process, it's not a lot of major artists that fuck with Vine. And I'm going to make sure I say this shit. Like, like Sway Lee, he really fuck with Vine. Mm. Like, before Vine, before anything, he was asking about Vine. Trippy Red really fuck with Vaughn. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Really sat there and asked about him. Like, how can he, how he, how can he contribute? What can he do? Let's get a song together. They sending me songs back and forth for them to get on. You know what I'm saying? 21 Savage really fuck with Vaughn. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Lil Baby really fuck with Vaughn. You feel me? Like, it's, it's people that Moneybag Yo, I got a member. Like, Moneybag Yo with no question, boom, hopped on whatever we gave him. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it was like, it's certain artists that before he had that clout from Welcome to Old Block or that huge exposure and that people respected him to have, and then to his untimely passing, before any of that clout or or a gratif- or false gratif- gratification or appreciation, these are artists that rock with him that were in a way different bracket than him and tear to him, hmm. but still reached out because they saw what the trajectory was. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy the level of progression that we saw in terms of like from 
Crazy Story One to mm-hmm. all the way up to the release of uh, Welcome o- to Oblak. That's like. It's crazy, like how serious he seemed like he was really willing to take it. I remember because like listening to his earlier stuff and thinking like this is good, but it doesn't sound like he's a hundred percent figured out his style yet. Listen, and then by he, Welcome to Oba, that yeah. is that is one of the most hard Chicago rap albums in so goddamn long. It's a real because classic, he let you know? me sit there and control it. Like mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't like a lot of time when I'm in where artists it's like pulling teeth. It's like it's like tug of war. Not pulling teeth. I ain't gonna say pulling teeth. It's tug of war. You want your influence to be felt, and they want their influence to be felt. Mm. With Vaughn, after him seeing each project go up gradually, any bit of uh, of progression for him was 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 good. You know what I'm saying? It was appreciated. So by the time we got the weapon, old block, he like you just tell me what to do, fool. I'm listening. Like mm. go ahead, go crazy. He, everything down to me picking the songs. You feel me? And me telling him who who should go on what and sending who what the features and how and when. Like mm. he allowed me to have that control to where, I mean, all three of his projects I executive produced, but this project I really feel like I executive produced because I made him. Like I, 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 it's like you can't be real with an artist sometimes. You know how like whatever stigma that the public got on that artist, you can't just say flat out say that to that artist because mm. they'll feel away. Vaughn wants you to do that. Mm. I was like, fool, they keep saying you're making the same shit over. I'm like, so this project, we're going to do melodies. Mm. And then the next project, we're going to do King of Drill. Right. You feel me? The next project is going to be called King of Drill. And that's because he finally understood that he can approach the drill wave without sounding like the New York wave. Mm. You know what I'm saying? With, like I said, with the I am what I am, he realized, oh, that is hard. And I, I had to convince him. I had to send him a two-minute voice memo of me playing the beat and rapping his lyrics to how I wanted to go on that I Am What I Am beat for him to actually even listen and believe that. Right. You know what I'm saying? And through me doing that, the trust level that we got together, fool, is is is, un, is unbelievable, fool. And I appreciate every second I had with him. I'm in my last conversation with him with some shit I ain't never... It's like just unbelievable. It was like the last couple months with Vine was unbelievable because, like... What I always wanted in my entire career was for me to have my own artist from, mm. like, not just like, like, like Dirk. He my artist for sure. Right. I'm gonna always be associated with Dirk. I'm gonna always be on every project he ever put out. But he was already established by the time you start working with him. You see what I'm saying? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like he started like he had this ain't what you want that broke him out. I broke King Von out. You feel mm. me? And just to have that level of appreciation and and, and control over the situation. Man, I felt like that was my real new goal. My real new goal was to have my own artist. Mm. And that's, I, I knew I had it, you know what I'm saying? And it was like, it's like T Grizzly is my artist for sure. But like you just, he had first day out and then he came to me to make sure his sound go. It's like our artists would have like, 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 like Trippy Red. I made Topanga. In order for me to have Topanga, Trippy had to have Dark Knight Dumbo. Mm. And people would start sleeping on him and that's what made him do some big shit like that. But before then, it's like he still had Dark Knight Demo. Fine ain't had nothing. Right. I did his first song and his last song. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I remember my last conversation with Vine. It was, uh, I was doing a favor for uh, the uh, head A&R over at 300 Saleem. And I was in there with Shot Glizzy. So we going to Paramount Studio X, my favorite studio out here. Mm. Tell me why I walked up to the studio, I looked up, and I saw the billboard for Welcome to Old Block. Mm. And it said, Welcome to Old Block, executive produced by me. And I remember me telling Vine, fool, I'm going to make your ass a star, fool. Give me one year, you're going to be on billboards. So I looked up, damn it, started crying, fool. I called him. I said, fool, look at this shit. 
That nigga say, he said, nigga, we did it. Nigga, he's like, I'm straight on now, fool. He's like, fool, you straight did that shit, fool. He's like, I love you, nigga. You straight did that. He's like, you did exactly what you said, fool. He's like, I owe you, nigga. I'm like, you don't owe me shit. We going up. And he was like, man, I love you, fool. I was like, he's like, I'm going to be back out there in two days. I'm about to do this show tonight. I'm going to call you after the show. That was it. That was nah, the night that's he died. The show. Yeah, it was the show. Fuck. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hmm. It's weird, fool. Because it's like, I'm not even sad. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm mad as fuck. Mm. And it's not, it's like, I'm not even, and it's not like I'm mad at a person. I'm mad at Vaughn. Because he he left me out here to do this shit by myself. Mm. He left me to keep this shit going by myself. And that shit, man, that shit hurt, fool. It's like, I can't listen to the music no more. I can't, it, it's, it's, it's hard to talk about him without feeling like jittery and nervous. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because it's like, to talk about my best friend in past tense feels so weird, fool. Mm. Damn. So, when all that shit was playing out in the media, when the video comes out and everything, you say you're mad. Hell yeah. You're mad at him for how he handled it, that he didn't no, think it through further? No, I was mad at how, I, not even that. I know, listen, I know Vine, so I can't act like that wasn't him. Mm. He reckless as hell like that to where he stand on business. Right. So, I understand, like, that's how he moved. Vine is a real, he a... Uh, honor-driven person, you know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, he been in jail, so he do a lot of fighting, fool. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And he felt, and I know he liked the little boy niggas. More than anything, he liked the embarrassed niggas, you mm. know what I'm saying? And I'm not mad on how that went down. I'm mad on what we got to do now, mm. you know what I'm saying? Do this without him. Right. And to, 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 to help somebody dream continue to live on without them being here is heartbreaking. Definitely. Because he literally put his life on pause to get better at this He put his life to the side He put his personal life Like I told him You're going to have to sacrifice Your social life To do this shit mm. And he did it And right when he did it That's when we started Getting that traction You know what I'm saying And it was like Fool Man I love that nigga so much Fool Just because I ain't never had nobody Show me the same love I gave back They always gave me Some love back But it wasn't the same love I get, I put in mm. He he made sure I got the same love I gave to him back right. And it was like Damn fool And it's like it's it's like damn I had it's like I it was like with Vine fool it was like Vine was King Vine was two people fool mm. you know what I'm saying I was King and he was Vine you know what I'm saying that's how we that's how close we was fool you feel me like every single song he ever put out we made together right even if I ain't make the beat I gotta make him rap on the beat tell him this is your type of beat this is you this is the sound I'm talking about you know what I'm saying so mm. it's like. I really felt like he was two people, fool. Like, I was king and he was Vaughn. You feel? Because for real, like, it was like this. Like, he wouldn't make a song. Even if he go, if, like, even close to when he passed, I ended up coming out to L.A. because he got tired of me. He got tired of him coming out here and I wasn't out here. Mm. Every time he want to come out here, I'm still in Atlanta doing something or I'm somewhere else working with somebody. And eventually he was like, man, come now. I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to drop what I'm doing. Just come fuck with you. I'm about the album come out Friday. I'm coming for him. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and we we was able to just sit there. And the, for the first time ever during that little situation, we was able to sit there and appreciate the work we done. Because we can't never talk about it like we did something because we always felt like we didn't did enough. Mm. But when, when we did Welcome to Old Block, and he saw that people was rocking with him the same way he wanted to rock with people. That's when it was like, oh man, he felt like he was living his dream. You feel me? And he would just do stuff like he he understood that his voice held weight now, and that's what he always wanted. But he but what's even more important 
is that the voice behind that, the whole weight, the respect is from the music, not the streets. Right. You feel me? It's something that he can actually stand on without having to worry about ducking your tail or hiding your back. Right. But that's the question is, did you see him struggle with or have a hard time leaving the streets behind in terms of oh, hell yeah. acting like a celebrity? He never left the streets behind. Mm. He never acted like a celebrity. Hell no. Right. He was always a reserved person unless you knew him. You know what I'm saying? Unless you know Vaughn, he reserved as hell. He won't even talk. He like like in some shit like this, we just sitting right here, he would be on that couch sitting there not doing not saying a word for. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He wouldn't say a word and just sit there and and peep the scene until he addressed. You know what I'm saying? But if he know you, man, he the most outgoing, goofy ass dude you met in your life, just outrageously unnecessarily funny. Right. Like he just do silly shit just to do it. Like he a, he a, um he the type of person to be like, fool, what if I just he was like you he was like, You on point today? Yeah, he was like, what if I just steal your ass and take your chain right now? I'm like, shit, you ain't leaving this room. <laughs> I bet you on point. You know what I'm saying? He didn't say <laughs> shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, It's like, dude, he just enjoyed life, and he was just so happy he wasn't in jail. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because like, it, it almost felt like he was afraid of just going to jail and not coming back. You know what I'm saying? Even when he was in jail and when he was calling me, he was like, man. He was like, yeah, they fuck with He, he just wanted to update on his career. Mm. He didn't even care about what people thought about him or how they thought. It. He cared about what people thought about his music. Like, they fucking with that shit. Throw that shit going. Hey, he had called me one day. Hey, what, what that video at now? What, how many millions? Is it a million yet? Is it, ooh? He was on that type of time. He only cared about him progressing in this. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's, it's hard to get a person to fully drop everything in their life and focus on one thing. Without them seeing immediate gratification from it, mm. and the fact that he had that determination, consistency, and dedication to keep it going, no matter what was going on in the outside world that wasn't revolving around music, that was big as fuck to me, fool. Did you ever think? Did you ever tell him you putting a little bit too much of the street shit in Hell the music? Hell yeah! <laughs> it's songs. I say, what the fuck is you want, bro? It's songs. It's songs we got now that like it's a song we got like. The song, the song. You've heard all the bars that didn't make it out. Yes, and they is bogus <laughs> as hell. And that's like, that's like when he, when he, when we did, uh, uh, took it to the O, and he got the dude with the mm. dreads playing. You know what's going on? Like he got the dude, he's shooting dude through a brick at his car. He hopped out, popped him in the head, mm. like that type of shit. He would try to tell his real stories and and kind of, but it was like he wanted to act like that wasn't real. When it was too verbatim. There was an element of truth in all of it that was pretty obvious. Uh, hard to look past. Yeah, yeah. it was obvious. Like and, and say what you will about, you know, Chief Keith, Dirk, they both, you know, handled beefs a little bit in the music here and there. Yeah, he put that in the But it music. was never you never really heard them put what they're dealing with in the street in the music, at least not lately. Maybe no, back no. in the day a little nah, bit. Nah, he likes to put he liked to embarrass his ops on the record. Mm. He he and he only did that because he knew they would hear it. He wants them to feel it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, he is, 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 I'm, man. But he also had to know that the fans were going to resonate with that. And that the fans, if you're going to be a rapper, you're basically turning yourself into a superhero. And if you can create a super villain for yourself, man, King, then you can really be telling them a story, man, right? Man, King Von the type of person to bring a pole to school at 13 for. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what me and her was talking about. He was like, her was like, he knew it was real when, when Von walked up to him in school, he was like, boy, you know, them niggas in here. And, and he was like, uh, he had flashed a pole or something. He was like, Curve knew every day from there it was up. He was like, oh, we bringing guns to school? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it's on now. 
Oh, he's like man. every day from there he brought every day from there everybody brought guns to school. Oh, he's like Vaughn was the one to start that off because he was like, you know them niggas in here, boy, and then flash his gun. He was like, what the fuck? So this is what we doing? He's like, everybody went and got posed the next day. You know what I'm saying? So it was like Vaughn, that type of person, just a he always wanted to be a trendsetter, but it was like he finally able to be a trendsetter in a positive way. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like Vaughn ain't never he, he only a, like a terror he only like a terrorist because he got terrorized. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody loses their fast share of battles. It was like Vaughn ain't worried about that war. He knew how to play chess, not check and strategically do things that are just way more detrimental than a fucking bar. I mean, way more detrimental than a fucking uh than than, than a fu- doing a drill. He gonna have to do some shit to where. Your best friend liked the song and he dissing you in it. You see what I'm saying? Right. But you can't help because the song on fire. Was it ultimate revenge? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like your cousin liked the song, but the song about you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. That's way more disrespectful than somebody shooting at you because the shooting gonna be over. We gonna play this record every chance we get. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So just to see like him be able to turn a negative situation and a negative connotation on people that he come from, on the people that that represent from where he come from just to change that that outlook and to be like you can turn this around but only if this is really what you want to do because you actions speak louder than words you can say i want to be a rapper but you scamming half the time to fund this shit and you you into it with your baby mama every day and low-key you still got some you still got a pack you try to get off that ain't you really want to be a rapper you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying that's you deciding to make rapping your your hobby you being a rapper is you dropping every single thing that's outside of music. You know what I'm saying? If it ain't revolving around the advancement of your career, you dropping it. You know what I'm saying? So when he finally did that, it allowed us to really not just go close as individuals, but us to even grow as as, as musicians. You know what I'm saying? Because I grew in that. And it's not, like, it's not like I grew musically, but I grew as far as learning how to even create the foundational basis of a relationship with an artist in a different way. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Approaching it more of a personal standpoint instead of being a broadened standpoint. Because, like, normally when I approach artists, I try to think about how other people treat them and stuff. And now, like, through me working with Vaughn and T and Dirk and them, it's like, even with Trippy Red and Sway Lee, like, me working with them way more hands-on, I realize that the relationship's way more important than just you sending a beat out or, or they mm-hmm. knowing who you is. Because somebody can know who you are, but they don't even know you. Mm. And just that that realization to me helped me change my outlook on how I approach my relationship with artists. Mm. Yeah, so you worked so closely with Vaughn and saw all the success and it was taken from you so quickly. Like, Could you imagine yourself having that same kind of relationship? Is that something that you're looking for? Are you always looking for artists now at this point? Are you really looking forward to finding an artist where you can sort of create the backdrop for all their shit? Oh, no, fool, but I do know one thing. I'm I'm focused on doing what he asked me to do when he was alive. Two weeks before he died, he was like, fix my relationship with T Grizzly and do what I did for him, for T, like I did the first time. Really? Yeah, he asked me to, like, out of his mouth, like, bro, fuck with him, because he was like, you, him and Dirk, the reason I'm fucking with you. Fool. What, so you and T Grizzly fell out at a certain point? No, hell or no. Or he we fell out. Fall. Fix no. his relationship with T Grizzly? What do you mean? He, he meant fix... We weren't, me and T Grizzly used to be like me and Vaughn. Now, me right. and T Grizzly like me and Vaughn is now. We talk every day, all the day, no matter what. But Vaughn saw the change because it was like, you know what I'm saying? People go their own ways. And it's like 
the the way you want your career to grow, if it don't go with how it was already going, or how I thought it wanted to go, I'd probably fall back. And it was like, I didn't just fall back. We both kind of fell back. You know, T focused more on getting his real life together, mm. the, the personal situations that went on in his life, and, and him being affected by that, he kind of became more reclusive. You know what I'm saying? And it didn't have nothing to do with me. But So when he meant fix my relationship, he really meant get back to how it was. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't, we didn't ever had no argument or falling out. I love my brother, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, I used, I, he asked me to get back close with him. Mm. And he was like, do that like you doing with me, fool, because that's the reason why we we working. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, all right, get on this T. Grizzly song then. Mm. I hear you talking that shit, but you going to hop on this song? Man, he did that shit so fast, fool. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He's a real genuine person, fool. And that's what I'm doing now. He asked me to, like, just turn T. Grizzly back up how we how we was when we made our first album. Like, I produced T. Grizzly for whole first album activated. You know what I'm saying? And it was mm-hmm. like, he was like, get that vibe back. That's what he really meant. Get that vibe back when we were close like that. And that's what I did. I assume you did the Dirk and uh, T. Grizzly project, too? Did the whole thing. Mm. Yep. I did the whole Blooders. And then I did the whole Super Vultures with Dirk and Reese. Right. And then, so it's like, I understand that the relationships are more important than the music now. Because the music is always going to be there, but relationships and people are not. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I make it a, a way more effort for me to be hands-on with not just the artists, but just to hang out with them and chill. Like, me and NLE Chopper. Like, me and NLE Chopper talk every day. You know what I'm saying? And, and he knows. Like, I really appreciate him because, like, when I was going through with Vaughn, he would just call me to see what I'm doing. He would just come out to see how I'm doing and make sure I'm straight. You know what I'm saying? He, it ain't got nothing to do with music. You know what I'm saying? Like with Dirk, I hang out with Dirk. It ain't got nothing to do with music. With T. Grizzly, we hang out. It ain't got nothing to do with music. It's helping us build our bond as individuals together. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's more important than me making a record because I can make a record with you any day, but this bond that we build is going to last the rest of our lives. Mm. You know what I'm saying? No, it's so true. I definitely feel like that. Like because I do the podcast and I just am so often meeting new people and talking to new people that sometimes that's the part that I miss is that actually of like forming like a real friendship and actually just being around people because it's so like, okay, I got six interviews this week. I got to be spending time getting ready for each one. I got to actually do each one. I got to think about it when it comes out and stuff. And it's like sometimes it just pushes me further and further away from the truth or the reality, which is that through all this is like the relationship is really the most important thing the most i'm telling you fool i learned that i learned that myself bro i learned that and it was like i learned this before vine passed and that's what made me get so close to vine because i understood like me and vine got real close when i understood like that he don't want no producer he want a friend fool Mm. and it it was like he wants somebody who gonna actually understand this process with him and go through it with him like, he didn't want no producer. He just wanted a friend, fool, because you don't got people who are genuine who can become real friends, fool. People mm-hmm. always got hidden hidden agendas and and and, uh, and undercover intentions. Mm-hmm. And you and using discernment, you got to be able to peep that from a distance. And Vine had that ability. He, he his, his discernment was very, very high. He understood how to read people from a distance and see if their intentions were positive or negative before they even had an interaction with each other based on how they move around other people. Mm. You feel me? So that's what I do. I use discernment and just move throughout my life with a relationship-based um, formula. Like, focus more on my relationships, man, because it's like, they always gonna play that project, man. But is they good? Mm. How they kids doing, fool? Like they care, and it's like artists start caring more about what I got going on in my life. Like what you doing, fool? Like why you ain't got no kids yet? Ooh, dirty. <laughs> and you better hear like Vaughn told me. You better hear up and get you a baby, fool. Yeah, because you seem like you're so focused on the studio that 
I wouldn't be surprised if you had uh, neglected other parts of your life at times. I feel like if you're a real deal producer and you really are in the studio 12 hours a day with all these different artists every single day, that it's probably easy to forget about like having a, a, a relationship and shit. <laughs> yeah, last night, and it was Fetty Wap and T Grizzly. They both in the same studio, Studio A and Studio B. They next to a joy, next door to each other, mm. and I'm going back and forth the whole night. I do this in real life, so I'm a, I'm not afraid to say that my social life, you know what I'm saying, got diminished from this. You right. know what I'm saying? This became my social life. And me that's build, why you've been successful is because you put everything else on hold. This became my social life. This my me building my relationship with these artists became my social life, and not only did I learn to appreciate that, that's okay with me. You mm. know what I'm saying? I'm cool with that because I understand that. Through me doing this, it's gonna create generational wealth from when I do wanna start my family, it's gonna be there. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I won't have to try, I won't have to neglect my family because I'm trying to maintain whatever I got going on. I develop a foundation for the rest of their lives as well as mine. Yeah, because like now I got a baby and I used to be doing this shit every fucking day, all day. It was the only thing I was doing, was working on what we were gonna do with content. Now it's like, I wanna get home. I wanna like, clear a day out where I could just be with the family and shit and like having that balance and being willing to accept that I'm not going to be going 100% with my career because of the fact that I have other things in my life that's an additional an additional <laughs> layer of challenge you know for sure fool I, 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 I just appreciate genuine people fool and Vaughn was one of the most genuine people I met in my life and he was unapolog unapologetically genuine mm. he didn't care if you didn't like how he moved because he was still going to be him and that's the type of person I am. I'm the same around everybody, fool. Mm. I, I'm, I don't, I don't place, I don't play both sides, and I don't play the two-faced card. I'm not some weird ass dude in front of these artists, reserved as hell. And in real life, around my homies, I'm, I'm an outgoing, you know, what I'm saying people person. No, I'm the same around everybody, fool. Mm. And that gen, that 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 me really that that little bit of authenticity is what allowed me to be around every artist. Mm. Because I'm not trying to put on no act. I'm trying to be me. I'm yeah. being, not trying. I'm being me. It's you know almost impossible for your beats to be so hard that people are going to want to be around you, even if you're a fucking dork. You know? Like, mm -hmm. it's like, it's got to be a combination of, of talent and personal skills, you know? Yeah, and it's like, that vibe you, you create with that artist is going to get the best records. You know what I'm saying? Because now you and the artist are on a similar wavelength to where mentally and emotionally y'all understand where y'all trying to go with this record or where y'all trying to go with this vibe. Mm. Instead of you just throwing on some beat and guessing if the artist is in that mood. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the original approach. The original approach is, let me get your email, bro. I'm seeing some beats. You know what I'm saying? And hope that day you on that vibe. Pray. You know what I'm saying? Hope that day you like this beat. And know that when you're playing those, that they're going to listen to those beats in the studio and they're going to leave each one on for like 10 seconds. Exactly. No. <laughs> That's I'm, tough. I'm going into sessions because I got personal relationship with artists. I know the vibe. I'm playing the first beat they rapping on. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not getting three beats in and they making a song. So you all, you, you don't send, you don't have like your day where you make 30 beats and then you just email them to motherfuckers. You're nah. mostly cooking up on the spot. I'm cooking up on the spot and sending directly to their phone hmm. because I have a real relationship with them you know right. what I'm saying I don't gotta send it to your email I'm gonna send it to your phone and I'm like heart which ones you fuck with bro because I know what I know the different vibes that be in on different days and I and boom they heart that boom I know that they're using it and then they send me the song back you know what I'm saying they used to be my big thing fool like a long time ago a couple like four years ago they the uh like I learned not to be so nice fool because I had Lil Durk come to my city and he was doing features and stuff and then 
we wasn't so careful on the features. We wasn't careful with the integrity of the audio. And somebody took the session and then started trying to jug the session around the city. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And then the song come out. And he like, nigga, you just, nigga, you stole the hook. You sold this. They saying they pay. I'm like, nigga, I want some money from the beat, too. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Fuck that. I want some money, too. And they, he looking at me like, damn, so you sold them neck. We record this at the studio with you. You know what I'm saying? And so I learned, fool, like. I learned that about the the integrity of the records and stuff is more important for. I learned that them were, and, the, and the reason why I even allowed that to happen because I'm not on my shit like I should be. You know what I'm saying? And I, I focus more now on the relationship aspect because I have more control of the records now. Mm-hmm. Artists trust me to give me the sessions and trust me to have the MP3s, the waves, and get it mixed and all this. Before then, it was more like get the session, we gone. You know what I'm saying? Not me. He telling his engineer that or something. You know what I'm saying? But now since the relationship is right with everybody I decided to work with and I build the right way, it, it's a more organic flow. You know what I'm saying? They understand that I got... It's like it's no like I said, no hidden intentions. They understand that the intentions they got for the records is the same thing I got. Mm. I want this to come out at the highest quality possible. We all get it right. We all got the right bag going. And we all get... We all get... Um, we, we all get compensated. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And the way we deserve, you know what I'm saying? We we get we get proper compensation for the time we put in, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And since I got that relationship with artists now, it's a lot easier for me to maneuver. And it became less about just getting some records in. It became about getting the right records in. Building something. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Okay, I hate that we have to uh, cut this a little short. Maybe we should definitely do another one of these at some point, yeah, but we got we a couple other interviews two. after this. Yeah. yeah, we got part two coming. So my last question, though, is just how would you describe what you want to be remembered as and like uh what you really want people to think of you know 10 years from now when they look at your career like what what really stands out to you that you want people to know about you man i just want them to know that i'm a genuine person that's a hard-working individual and i got this out the mud like nothing was handed to me i had to work for anything i ever got put into you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying nothing came easy with, with 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 greatness you know what i'm saying and me understanding that I always tell all artists and producers, you one song away from your life changing. Mm. And with that ass, with that a- approach, it changed my life. And I want to be known as the producer who really make these records from scratch and really develop these relationships. And and I'm a musician. I want to be known as the producer who's a real musician. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not just a beat maker. I'm a, I'm 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 a pioneer in this, you know what I'm saying? I helped pioneer the drill movement and switched it over to the melodies, you know what I'm saying? And I want to be known as the person who's a real musician, a real hard-working, dedicated grown man that was passionate about his craftsmanship more than just the money. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I want to be known as like to put a a a, music, a musician who pushes the culture forward in a way that opens the door for a more broader audience for the next generation, and that's what I want to be doing. And I want, and I, and I hopefully, I'm portraying that in the actions that I'll be taking now. You know what I'm saying? No, definitely. I mean, it's so, it, it's good looking at your career because your career really shows how somebody could just get their foot in the door and then just really keep finessing and just really find his way in the game. You know, because you could have, you could have just got a couple records off with keeping them and just sort of falling off. There's a million producers who did that. But yeah, the fact yeah. that you're still going and you're still like really taking your shit to more and more of a, a higher level, I mean, it's definitely awe-inspiring. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do, fool. And then I just want the artists I work with to go down as ghosts, fool, because they really are. And it's a reason why I see something in these artists. It ain't just because they decide to work with me. It's because the passion 
dedication, consistency, and talent that they really put in, take the time to grow they grow their hobby into a career and take that career into a legacy. Well said. Yeah, for sure. Man, I appreciate y'all for letting me do this, man. Salute to all the real ones out there, man. Free all the guys, man. And you know what I'm saying? I do this shit for St. Louis. You know what I'm saying? The city that, like, everybody be sleep on. You know what I'm saying? We 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 more than just Nelly. You feel yeah, me? Yeah, you going to turn Nelly back up one day or what? Man, me and Nelly been working, fool. I ain't no hater, fool. You mm. feel me? I appreciate everybody who came from what, who came before me. So I just want to be known as, you know what I'm saying, the producer that really put St. Louis back on the map. You feel me? And that's what I'm doing. Like, I I want y'all to go listen to goddamn The Voice Deluxe right now. That new finesse out the gangway with Lil Durk and Baby. Y'all go listen to that, man. New music on the way. More vibes on the way. And I pray for consistency for everybody who's watching this. You feel me? Well said. I appreciate it, man. Top Squad DJ, No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, comment, subscribe. NoJumper.com if you want to support. We're going to get them on the Condemma. Follow me on IG. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Follow me All on day. IG, Chop Squad DJ. Follow me on uh, on Twitter, Chop Squad DJ. Chop Squad DJ everywhere, you feel me? DJ on the beat, so it's a banger. It's on. Easy. Appreciate you, man.